Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And you can find our programming from Trumpet Radio wherever you like to get your podcasts as well. Well, a lot of people are full of worry and concern. There is a lot that are burdened down with fears and worries, especially as things in the world get more intense and people have more issues in terms of uh, finances and uh, health issues and other things. People are worried. They're concerned. Uh, The current statistics are that about 40 million Americans suffer with high levels of anxiety, and that doesn't include people that are just going through the day-to-day worries and concerns. But these are people with an extremely elevated level of anxiety. And it's affecting quite a few people. It's about 18% of the population. And uh, again, that's just those with really high levels. How about you? Do you worry? Are you concerned uh, overly? Do you have a lot of anxiety? That can be a real burden in life. Now, Christ often said that we shouldn't be worried or troubled. You can read that in many places. And of course, we have to take things seriously, and we have to plan and prepare and, and be wise. But we shouldn't be worried. We shouldn't be troubled. We shouldn't be anxious. Now, that's easier said than done for many people. The reason that people have problems with anxiety and such is that they lack faith. They lack faith. Christ knew that there would be very few with faith when he returned to this earth. He asked a question about that in Luke 18, if you'd like to uh, look at that with me. We have a few passages today, and if you have a Bible handy, it'd be good to get it out so we can look at some of these passages together. Luke 18 and verse 8, Christ said, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, his second coming, his return, shall he find faith on the earth? He's going to return to an earth where there's not a lot of faith, where people don't really believe him. They don't believe what he said. They don't believe the word of God. And if you look around at the world today, that that shouldn't be surprising. Um, Many people don't. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in God's word. They don't take it seriously. So they don't have faith. They put their trust in themselves or another person or maybe the government or an institution of some kind but they don't have faith, not in God's word. And one of the problems is, is that most people today don't understand really what faith is. There are many that do look at the Bible to an extent and they, they want to believe God. They want to have faith, but they don't really feel that they do. People often confuse faith with emotions, thinking that faith has to do with how they feel about something. Do they feel like something will happen. But that's not faith, that's feeling. Notice this quote from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This is a free course at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for that if you don't have it. But uh, this is dealing with faith. And it says, Faith has only to do with God's Word. The one question is, 
has God promised it in the Bible? And if he has, then probabilities, possibilities, feelings, convictions, impressions have absolutely not one thing or the other to do with faith. How we feel about something doesn't matter. (laughs) That's not faith. Faith is only based upon what God said in the Bible. If he said it, then we can believe it. That's faith. Further on, it says faith is the assurance that the things which God said in his word are true and that God will act according to what he has said in his word. So just think about that for a moment. I mean, that's what faith is. It's the assurance that what God promised in his word, he'll do it. He'll do it. It says this assurance, this reliance on God's word, this confidence is faith. Simply put, faith is trusting God to perform what he has promised to do in his word, in his way, and in his time. And so again, that's where people can stumble a bit. They can say, well, but but when and how? And Well, God will do it in his way and in his time. The quote says, we just have to relax and trust God, even to give us the faith by which we receive everything else. You know, see, faith isn't something that we can try to work up. And notice this in Ephesians 2 and verse 8. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. It says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. See, that faith, it's not something we can work up. God has to give that to us. We have to ask him for it. And then we have to use it and live by it and walk by it. And we'll look at some examples of people that did that. And we can learn from their example and then work to apply it in our lives. Hebrews 11 talks a lot about faith. A very important chapter on this topic. And in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, notice what it says here. It gives us a definition of faith from God, God's word. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if God has promised it in his word, then we can have faith that he will fulfill his word. Once it's fulfilled, once we receive what we've asked for, then we don't have to have faith in it anymore because it's we have it. And that's a real struggle for people because lots of times people say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, but once you see it, you don't have to have faith in it. Maybe we just read the definition there of faith. You know, we just read it. And God's clear on that. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Well, what do you hope for? Something that you don't have yet. And if you don't see it, well, it's not there. It's the evidence of things not seen. If God has promised it in his word, we can have faith that he will fulfill his word. And so a lot of people get confused on that because they say, but I I can't see it. Well, right. (laughs) That's where faith comes in because we can't see it yet. But God's promised it. And so if he's promised it, we can believe him. Hebrews 11 and verse 6, 
it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. You know, we, we can't please God if we don't believe him and we don't believe his promises. It says, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, that he will fulfill what he has said. And if we don't believe God exists or when we believe he exists, but we don't believe he'll really do what he says, we can't please him. We're not going to be walking the right direction. We won't be walking by faith. We have to have faith and believe what God said and believe that he'll do what he said. Let's look at a uh, biblical example here. Uh, Hebrews 11 gives quite a few of these. And they're excellent examples to look at to see how people practically walked by faith. And uh, we learn a lot about faith from their examples. Notice Hebrews 11 and verse 8. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. See, he walked by faith. And he went out, not knowing where he went. So he didn't know how everything was going to work out, but you know, God had given him a promise, and he believed God. And he walked according to that promise. Literally, he walked, he moved. Verse 9, it says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. So he moved his family around a fair bit. You can read about that. History in Genesis. This is for he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for this this city that uh, is New Jerusalem. And that's not here yet, still not here yet. But God promised him that, and he believed him. He believed him. This city that has foundations, you know, cities don't last unless, unless God is the one that's behind it. And the one that's built it, New Jerusalem will be that city. Verse 11, it says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So you know that history too, I think, where Sarah was too old to have children and she hadn't had any. But it was promised that they would have a child and so... And they waited. They had to wait. It didn't happen the next day. It didn't happen, you know, nine months from the promise. It happened uh, years later. But they believed God that he'd work it out. You know, and you could sit there and rack your brain forever. And, uh, you know, they uh, they had some struggles with that. You know, how's God going to work this out? But, but ultimately they believed God. They believed God and they had faith. And we can do that. You know, we can we can know that God's promised something and, and then sit there and say, yeah, but how is he going to work it out? Or what's it going to happen? Or those types of things. Well, that's those things are in God's hands. If he promised it, then we can believe it and walk by faith. Verse 12, it says, Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. <laughs> they were old when they had children. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude. And as the sand, which is by the seashore, innumerable, so Abraham's descendants, as God promised, went on to be a, a large number of people. You can read about that history in the United States and Britain in prophecy. But they were old. They didn't have a son yet in, together. And then here comes Isaac. You know, God worked it out. He worked it out in his way, in his time, and they believed him. 
They had faith. Now, if they hadn't believed him and they had been faithless, well, it wouldn't have worked out. But they had faith. God wanted them to trust him. Verse 13, it says, these all died in faith, talking about the ones that had, had, you know, the examples there. We didn't read all of them, but uh, read about Abraham and Sarah there. But it says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know, they did receive some promises in their lives, like with Isaac being born and such, but they didn't see the ultimate fulfillment of those promises. They didn't get to New Jerusalem yet, but they believed it their whole lives, and they'll be resurrected and will be there with God and Christ. They'll be there. They'll be in that New Jerusalem. And so just because they died and that promise hasn't been fulfilled yet, does that mean it's not true? <laughs> of course not. They, they knew and, that it would be fulfilled, and they'll be resurrected, and they'll be there because they had faith in God's promises. Abraham was a remarkable example of faith. Verse 17, he remember this history as well. It says, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. So, you know, they waited for Isaac, and that was a miracle that he was born. And then he was told to sacrifice him, and he obeyed God. It says, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. So all these promises, the hinge on this having a son here, and 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 he's told to sacrifice his son. You know, most people would not do that. They'd say, "This I don't understand that. And no, it was a special thing, of course. It was very rare that God would ask that, but he asked it of Abraham. And But notice at verse 18, it says, Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall your seed be called. So he had this promise from God, and then he's told, well, sacrifice Isaac. Boy, you could ask a lot of questions about that. But verse 19, it says, uh, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. <laughs> so Abraham was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead with it and then uh, God will raise him from the dead or he'll do it however he wants to. He'll fulfill his promise. And then, of course, God stopped him once he saw that he had faith and he was going to walk by faith and do what God said. And then he stopped him and, and uh, you know, he was rewarded according to that faith. But he just believed God. He didn't worry about, well, how's it going to happen? Or, how well, but it doesn't seem to make sense to me. Or, I don't see it yet. He just believed what God said. That's faith. I mean, that's a living example that we can read about from history. A person that lived and, and had faith and walked by faith. It's remarkable, and we read about it. And then maybe we <laughs> go back to our day-to-day lives and and don't really take the lesson sometimes that we need to. That we need to live by faith and walk by faith. And that's simply believing what God said. Trusting him and then walking according to it. The correspondence course says, Faith is a trust and confidence in the invisible God to perform what he has not yet done. And which mortal man cannot do. See, there's, there's just things we can't do. God has to do them. He has to perform them. And he will 
perform whatever he's promised. And faith is necessary when it hasn't been done yet because we're believing that it will happen because God promised it. Now, God doesn't ask us to have a blind faith and, you know, just believe anything. He tells us to believe him and his promises. So we have a part to play in that. And we see this in Romans 10. A really uh, short and pithy scripture here, but really vital. Romans 10 and verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know, what are we to have faith in? We're to have faith in God's promises. We have to study God's word to know what he promises. Now, in the case of Abraham, he had this different situation where God was speaking to him in a way, and, and uh, you know, so he believed those words. Well, today we read the Bible. We read what God has written, and we need to believe what he said. But how many people really look at God's word and believe him? Not many. That's why Christ said when he returns, would he find faith on the earth? Most people don't even look at the Word of God. We need to look at the Word of God, understand it, and believe His promises. He doesn't write in there how He'll do every single thing in every single situation. So for us to waste time worrying about that is faithless. Well, It's a miracle, the things God promises that He'll do. He works them out miraculously. We don't need to figure it out. You know, if you think about your life and you look back on something and and hopefully you have an experience or two where you've asked God for something and asked him to work something out and then he has. And if you think about those experiences and you look back on how he did it, you know, aren't you glad you didn't have to try to plan it out and try to make it happen? You know, I have experiences like that where I look back on it and I think, wow, I never would have thought to do it that way. And if I had to, you know, plot it all out, I would have made a mess of it. God worked it out. He took care of it. It was a miracle. And we just have to look in his word, study his word, make sure we know what he promises, and then claim those promises and walk by faith. And of course, it's, again, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's a, in a way, it's simple. But we just have to have faith and ask God for more of that faith to believe him that he'll give us that faith that we need that faith of Christ you know you look at Christ's example he believed his father he always believed him he never doubted him and he did amazing things by the power of God because he believed him and he had faith he had faith the correspondence course says God's definition of faith may be summed up this way faith is assurance that God's word is true that his promises are sure, and that it is impossible for God to lie. This assurance, this reliance on God's word, this confidence is faith. God said it. We read it. We can believe it. And we don't have to worry about how he'll fulfill his promises. We don't even have to worry about it. Just ask for it those promises to be fulfilled, claim them, walk by faith, 
obey God, and he'll work those things out. That's faith. That's faith. God will keep his word. He'll keep his promise. That helps us <laughs> to get rid of the anxieties and the burdens and the worries and just look in God's word and trust him. You know, if we go forward and spend less time worrying and more time studying God's word and seeing what he promises and trusting him and asking him to fulfill those promises, then we're going to be able to lay those burdens down, those anxieties down, and trust God and put our situations into his hands. And he will fulfill his promises. What he has promised in his word, he will fulfill it. That assurance, that reliance on God's word, that confidence is faith. If you'd like to learn more about that, we have a great correspondence course lesson on that. You can sign up for the entire course and uh, learn about God's word and, and keep studying it and keep understanding it more and more. And trusting God and trusting his word and finding out what he says and learning to believe him. That course is free, and it's at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live By Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.